everyone. Thank you for listening to From Fanic. This is Christian. And today's guest is Gigi Hozima. Gigi is an indie filmmaker from Saudi Arabia. She studied filmmaking in England and then made her way to the US where she's completed two feature films. The first one is He Belongs to Us. And that movie got selected for the New Filmmakers New York Festival and can now be uh, rented on Amazon Prime. So go check that out. And then her second film is That Abandoned Place, which has not been released yet, but it has been completed in post-production. And I know this because I edited the film with her. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, Gigi, welcome to Film Fanic. Hi, Christian. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we have things agreed uh, before we start uh, recording that we're going to be a bit awkward, but we're yeah. good. <laughs> It's okay. People like people can relate to awkward. Okay. Um, <laughs> how are you? I'm okay. I'm I'm actually great. Um, you know, just uh, starting the day. Uh, I was actually uh, writing some ideas down for uh, uh, some of the movies that I watched yesterday, and uh, I have my interview with you now, so I'm good. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. What were you watching yesterday? So uh, I watched that movie. It's called. Uh, all night long. No, I think yeah, it's all night long, and uh, it was an interesting film. is a British film about a group of artists, um, jazz artists, who are trying to manage their business and you know all the envious uh, and jealousy uh, in mm. the hierarchy in the band. is is a really good film. Um, I, right now, I don't remember who's the director, but definitely is a fantastic film. I think. Uh, it, it, for me, it was really good because it, it, it highlighted the interracial relationship between the main singer and uh, the main um, leading uh, uh, guy in the band. So it was really good. Okay. All night long, you said, right? Yes. Okay. You're always, you're always throwing out movies that I've never seen. And so I always, <laughs> always appreciate that. I could always count on you to, to introduce me to new movies. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I think um, I think because like for me uh, watching movies at least I watch about uh, three to three movies a day so I watch wow. one in the morning and two in the evening um, and if I'm really tired I just uh, catch up with some kind of uh, you know news. Yeah, no, that's great. That's really great. It, obviously, you're a film lover, and that's why you're here. Um, and I see, I know the the listeners can't see this, but behind you, you have the poster for He Belongs to Us, which is your first feature film that we worked on together. It's a great poster. So t- tell me a little bit about uh, how you got into film, how you got into loving film and where you're from and, you know, how that affected your journey and all that. So being born in Saudi Arabia, my introduction to film was very undirect because um, like we don't have cinema until recently in Saudi Arabia. So I grew up in, in a family really far away from any kind of art or, um, you know, filmmaking. I started, um, I mean, it was very strange because my family didn't really do any filmmaking or the whole country really, but we used to love watching movies. Um, so my first film that I ever watched uh, was a horror film. Uh, you know, um, 
uh, Evil Dead. Mm. I was about yeah. six years old when I watched that, and I never okay after that. So that was it's really terrifying for a six years old. So you know, yeah. mom was okay for me to watch it, and she doesn't know the effect on me after that. But um, after that, um, I told her like I never thought I would be a filmmaker. I went to England and I studied uh, TV production at Southampton uh, University. But then I felt uh, very like my relationship with TV was very, very numb. You know, I didn't uh, enjoy TV. I didn't enjoy um, soap operas and stuff like that. Um, also, I have a previous um, short career in film uh, in TV presenting, which is quit because it wasn't something for me to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I was in Bournemouth, uh, a friend of mine actually introduced me to this uh, free three days uh, course in filmmaking. Uh, University of uh, Bournemouth was offering, you know, to uh, for people who might be interested. So I attended that, and I remember very well, Christian, because uh, like we were like a group of ten, and I was like everyone was there, and these people came from all over, you know, the uh, all walk of life. And I actually start started writing. I wrote the script, I directed it, and everything. And I remember very well that the teacher told me I should just be a filmmaker. And since mm. then, I just got into that, you know, I just, I loved uh, telling stories and uh, I did a couple of short films in London. And then when I moved to New York, I made my first feature, He Belongs to Us. And uh, of course, you know that very well because you were the cinematographer <laughs> and you were, somehow uh, involved in everything, which is, um, <laughs> I'm very grateful that you did. And uh, yeah, and now I'm doing my second uh, film, That Abandoned Place, which I shot um, 2019, November yeah. 2019, and here I am. Yes, and uh, I'm kind of glad that you went from TV to film because uh I could tell by how, you know, the kind of movies you watch and how often you're watching movies and uh, the kind of stories you want to tell. It's great that you found that. Yeah, I think so. You see, um, at the beginning, I was interested in TV because uh, Saudi Arabia is a nation TV. So mm-hmm. they watch TV quite a lot. And I didn't see any difference between film and TV, you know. But when I start actually working in TV, I... It's just not for me in sense. Um, I, as long as I found cinema, I think I found the you know the best uh, cinema is the seventh art. So for a reason. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, whatever I see in TV is never gonna be, um, in my opinion, as good as in what I see in cinema. You know. Mm-hmm. So you started into film because a friend sort of introduced you to this course and everything. But at that time, were you watching a lot of films the the way you are now? I actually was watching a lot of film, but I was watching rubbish. I was was watching movies that never changed my life, uh, never uh, made me understand who I am. Mm. Uh, Never. It was just uh, entertainment, you know, like I would go and watch... um, all this big uh, jams and stuff, but it never was like that experience, you know, that uh, um, how I look to cinema now is totally different. 
Do you remember which films kind of were at the beginning of that change? So uh, I started watching actually Roman Blonsky. Yeah. Chinatown, as you can see behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was like, oh, wow, there is a different, there is a different, um, different way to look at cinema, different way mm-hmm. to experience and challenge. Because I, I, I watch all these movies, but there's nothing telling me, what do you think, except mm. Chinatown. That ended really um, made me think about the world I live in. Um, it's kind of like, ask me at the end of it, hey, what do you think really? Should she die? Should innocent, should uh, the right thing, should um, the good die and the bad survive, you know? And after that, I start to dig in more into his work, um, get, you know, reading more books, uh, try to, because honestly, like when I watched uh, Chinatown first time, I did not understand fully. Mm-hmm. I think I wasn't truly, I wasn't um, in that mentality to, to understand that great um, filmmaking um, piece. So I think, yeah, Chinatown definitely is, is the one that made me question myself uh, and made me question myself as an audience, as mm-hmm. uh, somebody who's watching the films rather than just sitting there and eating popcorn I left the cinema uh, because I watch it on screen, special screen. So I left the, the screen and I was like, oh, wow. Few, a few days later, I was actually thinking about that ending. And yeah, yeah. I never went back. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's nice. And then in 2015, you started production on your own feature film. Yeah. Uh, he belongs to us. So I remember fondly. So we, we met... Uh, we met by your apartment, but then we went to a pizzeria. So I was being interviewed for the cinematography position. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was that was in the summers. So I remember being hot. I remember being completely nervous. What that and do? I had to impress. <laughs> I, I, I saw that suit. I remember the time I was talking to uh, the producer and I said, you know what? This is the guy I want work with and i was right <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, let me tell you because you you had me sweating bullets not just because it was hot but you know you you the, the interview process was um you had me look at photos and describe kind of what was going on with the photo what was the uh i guess technique that was being used in the photo and i just felt like okay i'm bombing this because i wasn't really so much um I guess I kind of feel my way through my work. You know, I'm not so uh, technical with names and things like that, uh, which is something I've been working on over the years. But uh, yeah, so so I got really nervous, but then I was excited when I got the job. And, you know, cause this, is, this is my first feature film too. I, I'm not directing it, but it's my the first feature film that I've, I'm working on. And uh, so, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you, because uh, honestly, like, look, I have um, worked with a lot of people and um, that, you know, He Belongs to Us was my first film. And, you know, the process of writing that film was painful because mm-hmm. um, we start writing the script when we, were, when we were in London 
you know, we just the film, uh, the script actually changed so many, so much, and so many times. So when I came to New York, I was like, okay, I needed to to find the right people. Um, I have to feel the people I'm working with, and uh, obviously, like trust, trust, and the same artistic uh, vision is very important when you work, especially in filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes you will, you know. You want somebody who you trust, not just to trust as a friend or as um, a person, but also trust you with, trust this person with your artistic vision. And I think this is what happened with us and he belongs to us, you know. Um, I remember some point where we were actually shooting and you would actually shoot something that I was thinking about and you just start shooting it because uh, it's very important for the director and the cinematographer to be on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think also, so it really helped when you introduced me to directors like Ingmar Bergman and um, Andrei Tarkovsky, because their visual styles, you know, along with their cinematographers, that really spoke to me as they did to you. So we were able to meet each other there. I actually, you really opened up a door for me in terms of my style and not just for cinematography, you know, the visuals, but directing, like you introduced me to Pedro Madovar as well. And now I, I find myself creating stories kind of like his. So you were very integral in the kind of filmmaker that I've become now. I mean, uh, talking about a style, you see, I think... When people say, I want to find my style, I don't think anybody can go out there and look for their style. The style is within you. Mm. Uh, It's just when you find your own school, when you find your own way, this this style starts to come very naturally, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I mean... Unfortunately, we are, as an audience in our modern times, we are really, really, really just being this uh, low class, uh, you know, junk movie was thrown on us, yeah? Mm-hmm. Because um, I'm not saying everybody out there is not making a good films, but in my opinion, a lot of the movies that um, out there are really um, simple, and never challenge the audience, never challenge. And this is why we need uh, a lot of challenge. We need a lot of slow cinema. Mm. We need art. Mm. We need to look at cinema as an art, a culture, uh, a religion, if you want to go even to that uh, you know, degree. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe reduce looking at a movie as an entertainment, you know, because we've been entertained enough. Trust me, hmm. we've been entertained too much that even the new filmmakers now are producing this similar to this entertainment movies that they watch, thinking that they're doing good. And there is a lot of um, appetite and consumer encouraging these filmmakers to make this kind of films that actually really, for me, is like uh, McDonald's, you know, mm-hmm. you never get nutrition from them. While I prefer to look at cinema as um, as my home, you know, as a, as a culture, there's you know, and 
that is something we need as a filmmaker to, as an artist, to work on it, to make it stronger, to support each other. And this is what was important to me. Yeah. And and you said uh, slow cinema, which mm. is, uh, I, I think that's a cool, that's a, a nice uh, way to put it. Something just to slow it down. Let's, let's, let's take a look at life and let's think about what's going on here. And um, you, your film, He Belongs to Us, is that slow kind of cinema and it's uh, abstract. It has surreal elements to it. And, you know, you're talking about how we have the, the modern filmmakers or just modern film in general. It's like a lot of entertainment, a lot of entertainment. And we're forgetting about the art behind cinema. Did you, were you worried about how your movie was going to be received? No, I think, uh, I you see, I make movies that I'm happy with, uh, that I love. As long as I'm happy with it, as long as I love it, this is what uh, is matter to me. Because as long if the artists put honesty, integrity to their work, they shouldn't worry if somebody like it or not. You know, like when was he belongs to us, uh, a lot of uh, reviews were like, oh, it's a bit too long. Is this slow? You know, maybe this is, I, I, I regret it because I should have made it even more slower. <laughs> it's the wrong film for them. And this is not a new idea, by the way. This is actually a reference what I'm saying to Andre uh, Trofaski because when he showed uh, Meros uh, to the um, distribution, sorry, not Meros, uh, Stalker, mm -hmm. told him, speed it up. People will get bored. He said, I should have made it even slower. Stalker is one of my favorite films from him. Yeah. So we need, as an artist, we need to, st to, to be strong-minded and really believe in ourselves, believe in our vision. You know, and, and be patient because uh, it's maybe success never, never meet anyone or, uh, you know, I don't know. It might come, it might not, but you're going to have to leave this earth and you're happy with, with the heritage you left, you know, with the, with the yeah. films you left. The, your legacy should be honest. Mm -hmm. And this is what I think about. Uh, yeah. So and and it's interesting they said like for for Tarkovsky with Stalker that even they were telling him then to speed it up. So it's like there was always maybe there was always this uh, group yeah, that was. Always, it's not okay. Maybe I sound a little bit uh, too harsh on we're saying more than this. Always as a human being, we like the the quick you know everything quick. Mm -hmm. We're impatient. Yeah. Now. When you have a, a terrible day at work and you've been working quite a lot, you want to watch something that is fast. You want to watch something that is just, you know, in the background, let's say. You see, that is, that is happening because people want to escape. And if you watch a movie that makes you question things, you're not escaping, you're mm. facing reality. Mm -hmm. I love that. This is why at the beginning I said cinema is a culture, is a home, is, an, uh, is, um, is a religion, is a mosque, is a, a church, you know, that kind of things. Then, then you will see, you will, you will get that from good, good filmmaking. Mm -hmm. 
and a lot of people are a lot of audience are like kids you know kids want quick things they want tom and jerry you know the child <laughs> doesn't have a, doesn't have a long uh, attention span so they want something quick 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 but this is not my audience this is not my uh, followers um, when it's come to my movies you know like also the reason you're uh, about the, he belongs to us uh, it's very interesting, I think, for me and a lot of, uh, you know, anyone who made films. is like you've, you make that film a certain time in your life. And how many years now since I met He Belongs to Us? Almost six years, yeah? Mm-hmm. And talking about that film is almost like I was a different person then. And mm-hmm. I was uh, in a different stage in my life. And then talking about it again and you get asked questions about it again, you feel like, oh, okay, let me just remember how I was like five years mm, ago. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always like, um, it's, I, I struggle and find and remembering all the stuff about the film. Well, I actually uh, watched the movie this morning. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I watched it this morning uh, just to like just to get a refresher, you know, on the film and to bring back memories. Um, because I, I, I want to talk about the filmmaking a- aspect of it. Uh, but as I was watching this movie, I was finding myself getting interested in the story of it. Right. And so I was just thinking, OK, what do I want to talk about? Do I want to talk about the filmmaking? Do I want to talk about the story? Do I do both? Maybe I do both. Do we have time for both, you know? Um, so that's why I'm just like, there's so many, uh, I don't know where to start. I want to tackle it all. So maybe we'll have to do a two-parter. But I also want to talk about your your second film, but that one hasn't come out yet. Um, yeah. That abandoned place. But let me just plug in real quick. He Belongs to Us is on Amazon. If anyone wants to go rent it out, they can. They can check it out there. I'll put a link in the description uh, for that in the trailer. Um, but yeah, he belongs to us, your first baby. How, uh, let's just start with this. How do you feel about it now, six years later? I actually love it. Um, I think when I wrote the script, um, I had my own hesitation and few things, but it was a challenge. But now, actually, when I watched it not long ago, uh, I remember um, I was so intense. I was so much into delivering my vision, but at the same time, there was something was bothering me about uh, the sadness of um, Rami losing his mother. The grief, you know, how he, it's just like for me, I don't really like fully remember when I wrote the script, what was I was thinking, and this was I told you about because I moved on for the mm-hmm. new films, mm-hmm. but. Um, Interesting point, Christian. When you said you watched the film today and you said you got into the story. So now the film hasn't changed. You changed. Mm. You've grown. Uh, you uh, experienced something different in six years. And this one happened to me. I think uh, it, it was um, a collection of everything that I loved in cinema, you know? Uh, but I still uh, had that strong influence in uh, Bergman in the film. Um, you know, the long shot, uh, yeah. the letter, uh, which is I wrote. And I remember writing that letter that Rami read 
I was crying. Uh, I actually woke up uh, about late in, at night and I started re- writing it and I was crying. Um, it's almost like if I was writing the letter to myself. Um, so Rami had a lot of uh, combination between me uh, grieving over mom and I always have, you know, I always have uh, the sense of loss uh, when you lose your, your parents at very early age. So that was uh, my connection to Rami. And then the demons that comes to him, this is all like my real demons pretty much, um, you know, um, the, the, the fear, the uncertainty is always something that um, I'm afraid of, death is my biggest uh, fear really, to Mm -hmm. die, uh, to be just like hopeless, pretty much people can do with your body, whatever they want. So that's something that definitely he belongs to us. It's always gonna have a special place in my uh, career because um, I wanted that. I I wanted to show, um, you know, it's it's a very challenging film because it was working with, uh, my partner at the time, um, Remy, James Medina was doing the things. It was very, it was hard because I had to direct him, but sometime that emotion that was like between us in our private life would come on the screen. And this is why, if you remember, I used to take a lot of takes because I, I didn't want him to feel like he is acting for me. I wanted him to get into the character. Mm. Uh, so directing a relative or a friend can be really hard, uh, especially a romantic partner, because they don't. They, I needed him to see me as a director, not as a wife at the time. And that was difficult for him. And every after the shoot is done, we're always gonna discuss how we're gonna improve that, how we're gonna change the line that he might feel more interested in and more uh, you know, independent as an actor. So yeah, it, it was a very challenging film, but um, I never take it back. I'm very gra- grateful for He Belongs to Us. Um, I meant it, it, it came out as exactly I want it to be. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's wonderful. Yeah, no, I, I I feel that I feel that intensity in the movie, and and again watching it today, there was a uh, a lot of moments where I was um, I found myself unpacking and analyzing the themes of the film as if I didn't know it, you know, as if it was my first time. But I also edited the movie; we edited it together, so it was like my ten thousand time watching it, <laughs> you know. But it's been so long, and um, it it does feel like it's taking that deep dive into isolation um, and death um, and, and the, yeah, the loss of the mother, the loss of family and and then that trying to, and, and then find, I don't want to, I, I wonder how much I should say, I don't know if I want to give too much away, but maybe we should say real quickly what the movie's about. Do you want to give a little synopsis? Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, as you know, our I'm sure the other people that hear me for first time, they don't know, but it's the story about Rami, who's uh, an isolated young man in New York um, dealing with the recent death of his mother while trying to find uh, his uh, 
you know, his balance and facing his uh, demons um, in, in a very uh, slow burning um, base and a very genuine approach to mental health, especially when um, people grieve over the loved ones mm-hmm. um, in a very busy city, very, very uh, aggressive city like New York. Yeah. And there was that line in there too. I, I actually wrote that down where they're, he's playing a game with his friend and the friend talks about like, how, how do you deal with the city noise out there and all that stuff? And it's just like, you get used to it. You know, he even says like, there was a shooting here the other week, but you get used to that stuff too. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of almost sad. Like the, that idea of just like, you get used to it. You know, you kind of just settle in. And- it's interesting how, how we as a human being, we get used to absurd uh, things happens in our life, you know, mm-hmm. for neglect, we get used to that for loneliness, we get used to that. It's kind of our, uh, coven, um, mechanism to okay. just finish a day to date, like a date when we born to a date when we die, we just get used to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessary. We're happy with the things or we want the things we just get used to it. You know, yeah. I think this is how humans survived to uh to be flexible to accept mm-hmm. so uh this is how we survive throughout all this you know years and generation of wars um you know injustice we just put things aside and we get used to it our flexibility is our uh strength as a human being um you know i um i would think flexibility means life and being wrecked and being hard is like you're almost dead. Um, so uh, it's good to be flexible. I, I had to work on that <laughs> myself uh, because uh, like I, I turned to be um, very set in my own way uh, in life and in my professional things. And I think that is a good quality, but sometime you're gonna have to learn how to be flexible to survive. So flexibility is very important, especially as a filmmaker, to be able to bend and use your resources. Yeah. And and that, and that did that the opportunity to sort of practice that did come up during the filmmaking of this because we would shoot in public places that we didn't necessarily have permits for, right? So we were kind of guerrilla filmmaking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but, um, you know, so it's like uh, when you can't exactly get the shot that you want, that you Mm -hmm. saw because there's people in the background or, you know, we can't exactly film here at this moment. So we are this too, it's too noisy. You know, so there was a lot of opportunity to practice that for during this shoot. That kind of makes it a little special too. You know, it's just like uh, you you have to learn how to be creative on the fly. Oh yes, and absolutely. Um, making films in no budget or low budget, uh, the smart, talented filmmaker will make it work. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm saying that because if you're gonna take your budget as an excuse not to deliver. Uh, a film worth watching that your audience will ca- will take something from, then you're gonna have to question your choice in uh, in filmmaking. Like um, budget is important, absolutely important, but also vision 
and um, and the quality what makes a, a, a good film film is lie on the on, on the shoulder of the director you mm. know um, having limited money is very important for me I love working with very little money now by now I used to it because it makes me um, more creative it push my limits uh, it, it, it's questioned me it's challenged me you know filmmaking is all about pushing about never giving up so yeah. I, I thought it was a good practice <laughs> yeah that's good that's nice that's another thing that I you know about you that I was like okay some qualities I need to take in to rub off me just <laughs> you gotta go for it um so you know we're talking a lot about vision and we're also talking about flexibility you had a vision for this movie i mean you you were part of you created the story you're part of writing the script and and um you know you were telling me which movies i should watch uh to get an idea of what you know, but we're, the 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 atmosphere of this movie. So you had a, a a vision for this movie, yes. But you also, I remember a lot of um, spontaneous uh, moments. You just, oh, let's get this. Like there was this cat in the beginning of the film. They're just oh, walking yeah. by. And you're like, let's get the cat. And that's just a very small like example. But you know, there 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 bigger moments where it's just. Let's let's capture this. Let's capture that. So when you were starting, like before we really started shooting, did you go in with this idea, like, okay, I'm I'm gonna be in the mower and just catch anything, or did you feel like, okay, I had this clear vision, but then things started happening, and that sort of changed how you wanted to shoot? So for me, I start with images, mm -hmm. which it goes into uh, frames, which it goes into action goes mm. into uh, visions. But I think a lot of it, what I feel, like I like to go with my feelings quite a lot, especially with something is not written in the script because the script for me is almost just kind of a, um, a, an, an uh, introduction to chapters in these films. Mm. As you can see, uh, I turn not to write um, in a boring details of everything in the script. The script for me is about a general ideas, uh, images, uh, words. So yes, when I see something that caught my eye in the moment, I have to go with that. I have to, you know, especially um, like in He Belongs to Us, the dancing at the beginning, the opening dance, that wasn't planned and you know that. Yeah. We've seen uh, Alex, the actor who played um, uh, Rami Fran, dancing, and we said, okay, let's do it. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, interesting things is more important than what is written in the script or not. So, yeah, definitely, I will go with something that, and I love that. I love something that it comes natural because you cannot recreate time. Uh, and cinema's time, right? When we have the frame, we actually kind of, uh, we're playing God in here, you know, we have like to control the time. When is the frame start, when the frame, uh, you know, stop, then this is the moment. And so why shouldn't I take advantage of nature around me, of, mm. uh, you know, human behavior, of spontaneity, of uh, being able to just go with the flow sometime. As a film director, you must, 
incorporate this um, natural happening or the, the, you know, the, the tree falling or the cat with your own vision. So I believe the director has to be still true to his own or her vision, but be open-minded too. And open to suggestion, especially from your cinematographer. Yeah. Uh, that is a relationship that I value very, very highly. Because sometimes you see something, but they have their own eye to catch something magical. And uh, yeah, I am totally for it, but I think within my vision. That's a, it's good. Yeah, you do have to incorporate, you have to find that balance. There's a lot of balance, a lot of wire walking, but uh, it, it is, it is, yeah, incorporating that openness to something that's already in your head, that's already planned, you know? Yeah. Um, and you could always look at it it's good to have the plan so that way you have something to fall back on you can play around with the flexibility and then if it's not working out you still have something to fall back on Um, you you do have a vision you you like you know how you want the scene to play out but you're very in the moment type of director so you see this and you're like okay let's go for that I felt it not just in in film filming the movie but also in editing it because that's that story the structure of the narrative you know the story was the same but the structure of the narrative changed from phase to phase and when we were editing it it was the whole movie's a puzzle and we we're just playing we were playing around with the pieces and the cool thing was that the pieces didn't have like this piece didn't have to go here it could have also went here but you know but we we had we tried the different options to see which one we liked the most and this is the beauty of mm-hmm. editing and is the beauty of um, leaving room for the unknown, mm-hmm. uh, taking shots that wasn't planned. And yes, I had the, the all these shots because I just needed that kind of um, framing, you know, that, that yeah. kind of instruction just in case, you know. But in reality is I had that, uh, as, any, as any director knows, where to put the camera. If you don't, that there's something um, you need to work on. But uh, yes, uh, I think uh, it's very important. Uh, I loved working w- with you as well because you are also similar to me, and especially in editing. I remember we were sitting and we were like, uh, you will do something like unexpected and I would love it, you know? And we did that in the second film as well, didn't we? Yeah. Like sometimes you don't blend things and you just did something and I loved it. So yeah, again, it goes back to being flexible, uh, open to ideas and working with the right team, with the right, you know, cinematographer, mm-hmm. with the right crew is extremely important. As important as having a budget, as important as uh, your story is good, then you have to work with the right people. Because most of the time you just think you do, <laughs> which is really, I love working about with you because you know exactly what I think, especially in editing. So that saved me quite a lot of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, I also, for the listeners, uh, for her second movie, That Abandoned Place, for Gigi's second movie, I did not do the cinematography, but I did edit the film. But funny enough, the film was shot close to my home, whereas the first one, it was all the way up in Harlem and I'm all the way in... Almost Brooklyn. Yeah, we discovered that after we shot, right? Yeah, like yeah, because five minutes from home. I saw no. Well, there's this. Yeah, five minutes for like a walking distance, and there's this one scene, this one shot 
where it was literally around the block from me. I'm like, dang, man. And uh, that film actually, he belongs to uh, twice was um, shot in 28 days. The new film I shot it in less than I, I think it's about seven or eight days. Eight wow. Days. Was it? Did it feel? more stressful because of that no actually it's more relaxed uh it was stressful in another aspect of the film mm-hmm. uh you know dealing with actors sometime uh so yeah. the production was very limited uh i remember um actress uh um april uh, uh actress jenny jenny mm-hmm. Hutton, who plays april in the film the leading actor um we were sharing the studio together her and my uh and myself, and that is, um, you know, with a lot of pressure on everyone. Um, so that was a little bit of um, struggle there, but um, in general, it was, a, you know, it was a very short time. It was very easy in sense. It was, it's actually the nature of the, of the story as well. You know, it, it's, it's, it was very intense for me because it was very personal. Um, it was a piece of my life that I, I actually, filming but it was uh it was really it was less stressful than the last one mm-hmm. maybe good. because i also grown as a as a filmmaker yeah. as a film director i think so i start to manage my sh- my shooting better and you know you learn right the more you make films you become better of course yeah so hopefully the third film will be less stressful. The fourth film will be less stressful than that. Well, stress on filmmaking, I can't guarantee because every film is different. <laughs> every film is literally different. And you always think you, you know and you go on to the next level. But when you start a new production, you start again from zero. Yeah. Experience something new. And this is the excitement about filmmaking. There is nothing the same. Every film gives you something or takes something from you. That is absolutely true. That's one of the things that draws me to filmmaking. Um, you know, I I just think about how excited and happy I am that filmmaking is my goal. <laughs> it's going to be new. It's one of the reasons why I love it. every Every project is going to bring something new to the table. So, you know, hopefully it doesn't feel stale. My career doesn't feel stale. And the thing about, um, you know, I have a lot of uh, common when people say, oh, why didn't you have a full-time job and work at the weekend? That is not going to work, guys. It's not going to work. It, filmmaking is a profession, is a career, is, is everything. It's really, really selfish profession too, you know? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to put your filmmaking in front of everyone. And if you don't have a supported family, go find somebody who supports you join a group, uh, read, uh, discover. If you have a partner who's not supporting, you know, leave them, find somebody who does because filmmaking really requires a lot of support. Um, but it's also very rewarding, mm-hmm. very rewarding. And when you make a film, please don't think about, I'm going to make money out of it. Yes, it is a passion profession. But if you do make it, you will make it in, you will be the luckiest people in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I think the promise is enough uh, to, to get um, true artists to commit to their craft in making film. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't, it doesn't compromise. I could work full time and then paint. I could go out and come back to my painting, but I cannot do that. I cannot work full time job, for example, which is a very demanding job and do filmmaking too. It's just not gonna work. So uh, find your happiness, find your happiness. If you are a true filmmaker, your happiness is writing, uh, directing, being on the set, you know? I think a lot of people do start, you know, juggling with another job though, because in the beginning at least, you have to find a way to support yourself financially or support your film even. And, and it's not impossible, you know, because I, you can, it might take longer to get your project done, but people are doing it. I guess it's just a point where maybe you'd want to make that transition to be a You know, athletic people who works like football players and stuff, all what they do, if you looked into their daily life, all what they do is training. Mm-hmm. So why do we look at sport that is okay for this, for the, uh, the sport person to practice and practice and nobody say anything. But then filmmaker says, I want to just sit, think, imagine, write, you know, but we start to say, oh, no, you can do it part time. You can because we have undervalued art and cinema in our life. This is why. But when the pandemic hit us. We wanted to artists now. We who who saved our mental health? <laughs> uh, you know, music, uh, music, films. You know, uh, books, artists. And the first funding that it goes out of the way is for artists. Nobody want to fund art. Yeah, I I see what you're saying though. You know, filmmaking. I it I guess also depends on the kind of projects you want to work on. For example, if you want to be a feature filmmaker and um you know and you're not just doing one project every seven years right i mean because just making the movie alone is can be taxing on, on the mind on the body any um career any profession will do that like even if you work in any other i mean i did work uh, as a social worker for example and that was way too taxing than me being on the set, uh, you know, I used to take my work home and stuff like that. So it really depends if you love it, is absolutely your, uh, your cup of tea. You will love being on the set. It's hard, but everything is, you, you know, everything is hard, right? Mm-hmm. And you said life was beautiful. Always, always, we always got to go to somewhere <laughs> deep and dark your, with I you. Don't make depress you <laughs> you have Gigi how many conversations have we had where you said that exact same thing to me <laughs> <laughs> yes I, and I then, change and then if people if people watch your movies they're gonna they're gonna see this like this pattern happening here um because <laughs> in, in that abandoned place I mean it's in the title alone but there's also this this uh you know uh, uh, theme of of isolation uh I don't and and you know mental health health uh so is that do you see are you do you see yourself continuing that with your next projects or or are you moving on to sort of different a different place 
Or is that still something you feel like yeah, you want to talk about? I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I mean, right now, um, I don't know. It could be. But then, you know, what is, uh, it's not, so when I write, I don't think about the theme, you know, I don't consider stuff like that. I consider how I feel about the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we grow as a human being, we become in different stages of our life. An artist, uh, you know, as an artist, your life affects your work. Yeah. So uh, depend on where I'm gonna be when I uh, when I write my next script. So I I am, I don't know how long I'm gonna be doing this podcast, but if if I'm still doing this podcast when you release that abandoned place, I would like to have you back on to talk about that one, and also because I kind of want to go a little bit into spoiler territory. Not now, but I'm just saying like I want to now. Yes, but I'm not going to. Um, but I just want to say that even though I feel like the the core of those stories or the themes of those stories are very re- closely related, um, there is a different feeling. Uh, I would say that there, your second movie feels more hopeful and it kind of feels like a growth or just... Um, I don't know. It just there's this progression happening from the first one to the second one, even though the themes are the same or similar, uh, maybe not the same, but very similar. But there's a there's a progression from the hopelessness of isolation and uh, mental health problems to the hopefulness of, you know, dealing with it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also like um, I I. I agree with that i think it's also like growing as um as a writer you know growing up and learning more about the craft um and that the the second film that went in place is actually a direct um reflection mm-hmm. of uh, my personal experience um you know in the relationship, start a new relationship, uh, you know, is uh, I am just kind of artist, like I can very rarely, if I divide, if I separate my uh, personal experience from my work. And I think uh, art is very, very common. And I like to have that kind of integrity that when I write, I write honesty. Um, even if it's make me feel foolish, even, somebody might take it against me because nothing like being honest and I, I I feel like perhaps I was more honest in the second film than my first film mm. um, I just become more accepting to my own uh, insecurity my own faults um, and uh, yeah it's just it's, it's good to be like that. It's good to be vulnerable with yourself when you make uh, your films, when you make, when you write the script, because this is, is only you and you are unique and everyone is unique to his own, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, I think, see, I was very honest writing that script. Um, I made it from the heart. Uh, I made it very small resources. You know, I sold my wedding dress 
to find uh, my cinematographer, but is that kind of personal thing that makes it real. And it's gonna, people who wanna watch it, I hope that they will get it. I hope it will touch them in the way that it touched me when I watch it. And uh, honestly, like, um, it's beautiful to be uh, in that vulnerable place, you know, in that, mm-hmm. I think some people say, take your breaking heart and make it into art, right? Mm-hmm. And that is uh, what I think they did in that film. Yeah, it shows. Um, you know, I mean, you, you don't really have to know your personal life, but to to, but you feel personal uh, a personal touch on that on, on a movie like that. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, and uh, here's to this. Here's to the third movie. Are you working on? Yeah. We still have the trailer. It was the second one. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> We said to release the second one. Um, Are you working on a third project? So, yes, I'm working on a new script. Um, I'm hoping uh, for it to be coming to life sometime early next year. Uh, It is also a drama. It's hopefully to be shot in Philadelphia, my Mm. new home. Yes, beautiful Philadelphia. I miss oh, it. Yes. Give me an excuse to go to Philadelphia. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, is this uh, is also like uh, an interesting story of of, um, of our inner feelings and how we react to situations. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. Let me let me just. Oh, real quick. There, there's something I do. I do want to. I, I might have to add this piece of what I'm about to say to an earlier part of the uh the podcast, but I I, I just wanna say real quick, because we were talking about, you know, the spontaneity of, of shooting things on the on in the moment and uh you have a script or you have a shot list, but that's more of a foundation to to frame your your spontan your flexibility with. Uh Gigi's scripts for both films were a lot shorter than the actual movie. So I remember reading the first uh, He Belongs to Us, the script, during pre-production. I was like, Gigi, I don't. I think we need a little bit more here. Because it was, what, like 47 pages or something like that? I was like, you sure you want this to be a feature? She's like, no, we, we can do it. We can make this. This is going to be a feature. Trust me. The way I see it, you know, da-da-da. She was right. The movie was like an hour and 40 minutes long. <laughs> so, and then the second one too was the script was even shorter. You know, I, I guess it's like you do have a vision, but you're also, you also want to explore. You explore while you're writing, you explore while you're filming, you explore. And that's filmmaking. And that's the whole point is to explore, explore life, explore people. Absolutely. And um, I think, uh, you know, I turned to write the script down for also my crew, um, my cinematographer, to have something to base so they, they, we all can be in the same page to understand what I'm trying to do. Uh, I see images more than words. Mm. You know, I see uh, more of uh, kind of pictures and images, colors, uh, uh, textures, um, you know, and I can't put that on, in black and white. You know, I can't just write it. Oh, it's just, I don't like too much details on paper. I like to see it in front of me. 
you know. And I think this is why uh, my scripts are quite short because I also like drawing. I draw the, the scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. Some of them are written, some of them are drawing, some of them uh, are thoughts, some of them are just music or a lyric from a music uh, of a song. So, I mean, who would the you know the the formation for that? There is no really right or wrong. Is how you work and what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Gigi. Thank you for this lovely conversation. Really happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it was always a pleasure working with you and having you as a friend. And uh, I look forward for the new project. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I'm glad. 2015 made a new long life, lifelong friend, not just for work, but you know beyond. Absolutely, same here, Christian. Same here.